You're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, episode number 51. And in this episode, this is going to be for you if you're somebody who wants to know why content works and why it doesn't work based on the way that it flows. So my guest today, she's actually a specialist in Facebook ads. But depending on where you are right now in your business, I know that Facebook ads always seem like a little bit of a gamble for those who are quite new to it. So we're actually going to be pulling back on the actual ad strategy and focusing more on the organic content that actually Facebook ads are actually an amplifier. They're not just like there's some random gamble or anything, but they're an amplifier of what already works naturally. So that's what we're going to be getting into today with my special guest who has written for Hootsuite and Ad Campaign, Strategizer, Adspresso. There's so many places where she's actually guest vlogged. So she knows what she's talking about here. So please join me in welcoming to the virtual stage, Sarah Sal. This is the place to be if you want the courage to live your life and run your business in a way that's true to you. Contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. But here's the thing, there's no time for you to be playing small anymore because you can make an impact on the people you want to help in this world by showing up and owning your message. And it is my personal mission to support you on your journey with every single episode. I am your host, Meike Sang, and it is my honor to welcome you to The Quiet Rebellion. Let's dive in. Hello, my dear Quiet Rebels. I am so excited to have another guest on the Quiet Rebels podcast today, and this is none other than Sarah Fell. And she is the expert when it comes to writing Facebook ads and just like understanding the psychology and the anatomy of what really works and resonates. Because at the end of the day, no matter where you're marketing to B2C companies or B2B, we are all humans, right? And there's a certain way that we are able to connect with certain posts. And she's going to be dishing all the things in today's episode. So she's a Facebook ad specialist who's written at Hootsuite, at Espresso. She's written on Facebook ad testing, strategy, execution for Agora Pulse, Litzmetrics, Copy Hackers, Active Campaign, and so much more. So it's very clear that she knows exactly what she's doing. So Sarah, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence on how we can really leverage off our Facebook marketing today and not the paid stuff. That's another conversation for another day, but actually the organic stuff, because as the time of this recording, we're in a very sensitive time period right now. And for many of us, we're not quite, especially for those who've never done ads before, it's a bit nerve wracking to think that we could put in like hundreds, if not thousands of dollars into Facebook ads, not knowing what the return is. So just starting off simply and slowly, but surely with organic. So thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about this. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Awesome. So Sarah, before we do get into all the goods, could you kind of let us know how on earth did you actually, I mean, that's a lot of names <laughs> that you have written for, which is amazing. And we all start from somewhere. So where did you start? How did you become this like Facebook ad specialist? I am the last person you would expect to talk about copy and copywriting, <laughs> but it's a story of a handicap that turned into an advantage. Let me backtrack to high school. I was studying physics and the French teacher come look at me with a disapproving look and she's like, Sarah, French is more important than physics. I did bite my tongue not to say, of course, the life, 
the electricity all work on the principle of French grammar, <laughs> not physics. So when I finished high school and I went to college, I studied computer science. Then I took a right turn into mathematics because, hey, mathematics, computer science, you don't need to learn how to communicate and write. Last year of college, I wrote a visit, like over 200 pages of math, formula, uh, proof, theorem that I came up with. But I lost a lot of point at the defense of my thesis because according to the teacher, communicating with me was a pain in the ass. <laughs> Graduated. I started working in IT and computer science for nearly 10 years. I got burned out and I transitioned to Facebook ads. For the life of me, I cannot stare at a white page and write ad. So I started looking at client book, ebook, webinar, content. And each time I have, aha, I learned something new. I write it down. I take note, transform it into ads. How well does that work? For example, I worked with the strategizer that they sold over 5 million books. Their ad used to make them 40 cents for each $1 they spent. They were losing money. Mm. After I improved their copy, they were making $18 for each $1 they spent. The first time they see my ad, they're like, for God's sake, Sarah, what's that ad you wrote? They were unhappy because they're used to ads that don't tell story and educate, but more branding. But fast forward, uh, ah, Sarah, we made nearly $750,000 in sales. You think we could push it to one million? Another client I worked with is a client that appeared on the Shark Tank show. They were doing really good outside of Facebook. It's a better back. They raised 1.2 million on Kickstarter, but their ads were not profitable. By helping them have better copy, not only they became profitable, but they hit the biggest number of sales in a single day from Facebook ads. And I could tell you Facebook ad copy, both organic and paid, is an underutilized asset that even today is a really strong arm to use. Wow. I mean, I'm just kind of sitting in awe, like how much you have achieved and you, it's, it's crazy that it was like accidentally stumbled upon. And first of all, like, wow, writing 200 pages of mathematic theorem, <laughs> first of all, that completely blows my mind. The last time I touched maths was when I was doing my A-levels <laughs> and I was ready to like leave it then and there. But it's interesting how even though your French teacher of all people, not even your English teacher, shared with you about like the difficulty in communication, how that suddenly become your unknown superpower today and it's I really like how you approach it from a very like logical perspective before anything else because you kind of like view it all like a scientist so physics was the way <laughs> physics yeah. and computer science you know that was the way to go for you because that allows you to kind of like look things from a very logical perspective and understanding why things work and then you try to kind of like backtrack it and now you're able to write coffee so, you know, things to help people communicate ideas into something that really, really works and it makes a lot of money for other people. So I can't think of anyone better than you to speak with us, like how this all works. So, and just to backtrack, uh, today, while we're not talking about Facebook ads, I know that a lot of the context does come from this. So I guess where we can start is kind of understanding like what works in a Facebook post. And this is 
both on business pages as well as personal profiles. Like in the green room, Sarah and I, uh, we were talking about, you know, is this like Facebook profiles? Because I actually um, generate a lot of business on my Facebook personal profile as opposed to my fan page. So could you kind of like let us know, Sarah, like the, are there any major differences between when we are communicating via Facebook page posts versus personal profile posts? In a professional page, you could run some ads. You have access to analytics, how many people have seen my post, how many people uh, shared it, where do they come from. But whether you do organic or paid, social media is just a medium where you communicate a message. And people on both sides, they run after an algorithm. Is long post better than short? Is an image better than video? People ask me both on organic and paid. And I tend to say, mustard or caramel sauce is better for food. Try adding caramel sauce on a hot dog and try adding mustard to your morning cereal. (laughs) You cannot take it out in the absolute. And you need to think about social media as a way to communicate and your message need to be good independent if it's video or image or text. Think about it like being in Starbucks, okay? If somebody works to you and says, hey, you want to marry me? No. Then they go to the next Starbucks. Want to marry me? No. And I say, damn it, Starbucks doesn't work. I'll go to Costa Coffee and ask around the person <laughs> if they want to marry me. Well, marketing is, imagine, per, social media is interaction marketing. It's not somebody on Google that shares for something specific looking for a solution. Mm-hmm. So the way it works, you're talking with a friend. Is the conversation interesting enough? Then somebody would turn their head and try to listen to your conversation. And that's how you approach it. You forget for a moment that you're doing social media. You forget that there is an algorithm. And you remember that you're talking to a human being. And you try to think what principle make a human being convert. Mm. Oh, that's, uh, I really like what you said there, that social media is so different than if someone were to Google um, a solution that your business provides that when you're Googling, like they're actively searching for social media, they're just kind of browsing, if you will, uh, to kind of like see which conversations to ethically eavesdrop on. So now we know that, how do we even like go about it? Like what actually does make a good post? Um, could you kind of break down the anatomy of what a persuasive post is like? Yeah, I give you an example because I just wrote a case study on active campaign saying organic reach is not dead. Despite the fact that everyone's saying the average reach is 1.2. Imagine a city like New York or London before the crisis where 80% of restaurants closed down. Just the fact that most restaurants fail within the first few years, it doesn't mean there aren't restaurants where it's impossible to get a reservation or people are standing in a long line. Why? Because it's unique. You want to avoid posts that are mem or motivational posts. I see real estate investor page that are sharing posts about Gandhi. I'm really happy you're anti-colonialist, but are you trying to get people to stand against colonialism or are you trying to sell real estate investment? Think about a page like Human of New York. Very personal good story that draw you in. And last year, I worked with a company called Let's Do This. It was the fastest growing startup in sport in London. And today they have investors like Serena Williams. And what I did, I just met with people working there, said, hey, let's go to the garden. Let's have a cup of tea. What is your story? 
one person, she was training for a triathlon and she got hit on the face by a bus. And basically she couldn't run because she was in the hospital. And telling that story just got, I mean, out of 30,000 fans, that post got like 16,000 reach and thousands of people who are not fans have seen it. Why? Because I'm telling a story that is interesting. If I go to Starbucks again and I start shouting, close your eye and believe in yourself. It's not going to work. Now, if I tell a story like that story, people will listen, okay? People will stop doing what they're doing. Like, oh my God, that's an interesting story. And that's what works for Facebook. And when I say that, that's for both organic and paid. If something works well organic, there are big chances it works well and paid. You just take what's working organically and you put money behind it. But if you have something that is crappy, if you put money behind it, it doesn't work. And this is what most posts I see on social media that are rich on claim. They're like, how oh, well-licked. Cat made millions and owned 20 Ferrari via very, very weird trip. This doesn't work. What work is educate and entertain and have an aha moment that go in people's brain. Mm, right. And oh, I can imagine the, the story from the, you said, let's do it, right? I yeah, thought, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do yeah, this. Let's do this. Right. Yeah. That, I can imagine why that story just like kind of like stops people in their tracks and to listen to something because I'm, I'm kind of like uh, raising my hand a little bit guilty here with the whole like inspirational quote thing. But that's so true that when you're able to add context to it, you're not just another person repeating what other people have said, but actually like adding your own spin on it and adding the personal experiences, either yourself or someone you know, then that is what makes the biggest difference. And actually something that um, I think of is, um, have you ever heard of uh, Derek Redmond? No, not really. Um, I I can't even remember the exact details of which Olympic race this was in, but he was the person who was running in a race and then I think he tore his hamstring. Something happened. So when all the other runners were still running ahead, he stopped um, because he was in so much pain. But then he got up and he limped his way to the finish line and his father jumped from the stands and, like, you know, kind of, like, gave him some support so that they can run to the finish line. He was in so much pain, but when he got to the finish line, like everyone like was like, on their feet applauding him because, and they don't even remember, like I don't even remember the actual winner of that race because everyone remembers Derek as the person who didn't give up. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of years ago. I do have a selfie somewhere, but, <laughs> but it's just like his stories like his of um, like overcoming trials and tribulations and just like still reaching for the goal no matter what so you're encouraging us basically to kind of like dig deeper into the stories that we have is that what you're saying yeah and to be unique when i say an ad i don't mean an ad where people put money behind it i mean you're trying to promote something if we're talking about business if you say hey i have a birthday party in london come visit me you're not promoting a business, you're connecting with friends, but if you're using Facebook, personal profile, a business profile, or an ad, I call it as an advertisement. And a good ad doesn't look like an ad. Imagine somebody screaming and saying, hey, do you want cookie? Do you want cookie? You want cookie? 
we normally tend to avoid them and say, mm. I don't want to hear what you want. But when a supermarket gives food samples, actually, this is something where a magazine, The Atlantic, found that giving food sample increased sales by 2,000%. And that's what I do on both organic and paid posts, is if I give people a pre-taste of what I'm trying to promote, mm. it does better. The ad for strategizer that they didn't like at first was saying, last year, a hundred oil company went bankrupt. Dong Energy went to the stock market with 16 billion market valuation. Why? Because they invested in renewable energy and diversified their business model when oil prices was high. When I learn how other companies do it, come to our event. You see, I give you a pre-taste where you learn something useful, even if you didn't click on the ad or even if you didn't click on the post. So, yeah, that's something really important. I give an example of a post I wrote. I, I got an article appearing on Copy Hackers, and then I wrote a story of Mr. Timpson. He has a chain of shops in the UK and Ireland, and he's famous for hiring people out of jail because nobody else wants to hire them. And they're like, if I give them a chance, they'll be very loyal. And actually, that's how he got his best employees. And then I'm like, you know, there is a value in looking at what everybody does and do it differently. And by doing it differently, this is how a client got 3,500 leads in something like seven days. When I learn more, click and read my blog post, you see? So it's nearly like I expanded on part of the blog post inside the social media post. I didn't just say, hey, I have a blog post, go read it. It's about long-term copy. And people were leaving comments saying, oh, I read the whole post. I didn't even realize it was an ad. Mm. I just thought it was just a post that you see from your friends or from people that share pure value. The other thing about a good post, life is not abstract. I give you an example. There is the CEO of PIMCO Investment. At some point, uh, he resigned. It turned out he was having dinner with his daughter. He told his daughter, go brush your teeth. His daughter is ignoring him, not answering him. He gets angry. I am your father. You should obey me. The daughter going to her room bring back a piece of paper. It's written, you missed my birthday. You missed my first day of school. You missed Halloween parade. And that's when he said, oh my God, I'm overworked that I'm ignoring my family. He used to wake up, I think at two or three in the morning. 30 minutes later, he's in his office. He worked like something like till 3 p.m., came back home, had dinner, worked till 8 p.m., slept, woke up again at two in the morning. This drive a point about how overworked he was than if I said he was overworked or he didn't have a life-work balance. Because life-work balance, what does it mean? Does it mean you sometimes work on the weekend or does it mean you worked till you had a heart attack? You don't know. And sometimes by adding that nugget of non-abstract language, you post 
do better because it looked like a post where a friend is uh, selling their story. If you talk to your best friend and you're so overworked, you don't tell your friend, hi, I'm overworked. You tell her, hey, I worked so hard that I haven't showered in five days and I didn't <laughs> notice it, for example. That drives the point. And that's how it works uh, better on Facebook. The other thing you want to eliminate the guesswork on the benefit. I see posts that say something around the line. Our cooking school is for ambitious chefs who want to cook with confidence. If you have somebody face-to-face, you would never say that about why you should come to my school. You would say, you know what? 90% of our students within two years work at a Michelin star restaurant. That's a real benefit. Mm-hmm. And often you think you got the benefit, but you need to dig deeper. I mean, I often play an exercise. Imagine somebody who say, why should I care? You say something and you say, why should I care? So you might say coconut oil is rich in vitamin E. Who knows why vitamin E is good? Mm. Imagine the person say, why should I care? You said it has also vitamin K. Oh, but so is donkey milk. And then you say, oh, yes, but vitamin K and A in coconut oil, it gives you shiny hair and nice skin, no acne, and you could go out without wearing makeup and still glow now that's a benefit so it's like often what you think is a benefit you need to continue imagine somebody who's passive aggressive and say why should i care Mm, okay so that's the filter question i'm i I keep coming up here is um when you write the post like is there enough detail is there in um as if you were to describe it to your best friend and for someone who's reading it just imagine if, if there is someone who would say, oh, okay, but why would I care about that? So are you saying that that's pretty much what we need to have in mind when we're writing these yeah. books? <laughs> yeah, I mean, write it, put it in the fridge, come back next day after you slept on it. And why should I care? Is it clearly there? Hmm. Because okay. often it's like people want other people's brain to do the guesswork. You're on Facebook, okay? You have your post. Under is a cat biting the ear of another cat. You're not going to stop paying attention to that cat video and scratching your head and say, why is vitamin K good for me? Let me open a new tab on Google. You just continue scrolling. Mm, People are lazy. You need to spell everything out for them. Okay, so I'm taking on board a lot of this advice and let's actually see if we can kind of construct this into a practical step-by-step guide because many of the quiet rebels who are listening right now, they are either a copywriter, a coach, a course creator, a service provider um, of sorts. And so based on this kind of audience, what can we do differently that we, because um, I know that myself included, as well as that many people in the Quiet Rebels audience, like we do do the whole inspirational quote thing. So what can we do instantly, like um, after this interview, what can we do to like better communicate the value we can provide with our services? So do you have any thoughts on that? Let's turn the table and play an exercise. Okay. Let's pretend I'm helping you promote your podcasting course. Okay. 
one question I would ask, what's a story of good specific result one of your students got that you could tell me? Uh, okay. Um, so one of my students, when before she worked with me, she had never pitched a podcast before because she thought, who am I to do this? And I don't think my social media following is big enough. Neither is my email list. So again, who am I? And then when we worked together within the first day, she sent seven pitches and she got two immediate yeses on the same day. And one of them was for a podcast that she's been listening to for years. She'd never sent podcast pitches before. She never thought she was good enough, but just that single action of sending these pitches in a single day, she got the external validation that she needed in order to know that, yes, I am good enough. I All I need to do is just lead with value and with what I know because many of us underestimate how much we know in our businesses and we assume everyone else knows it. Yeah, so she got um, immediate yeses and also from a podcast that she has been looking up to for years as she started her business. I would even name the podcast name in the post. So okay. if you say there is a podcast... And then if you say she listened to Entrepreneur on Fire for years, admiring people on Entrepreneur on Fire, but thinking she was not worth even appearing on it, make mm-hmm. it criticize her post and said, say X, Y, Z, including don't assume the person will come up with interview topic, do save them time. That would be a better post. The example I was thinking is about uh, Gigi because she said she was invited as a result of podcasting to speak in front of 2,000 people who are business professional in her industry. Mm, yeah, she did. And actually, funny enough, the one I'm speaking about was her. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't want to give you clues about uh, Yeah. Another exercise I would say, let's say I'm a potential client. I say, make it, there are 29 people who have podcast courses. Why should I even bother with yours? You might become defensive and start answering the question, but social media post is about differentiating yourself and disqualifying the competition because if somebody is a business person interested in podcasts, there are chances they follow other people who talk about podcasts. Mm. So they might say, hey, I have a podcast course. And somebody else say, oh, my friend X also have a podcast course. And they're not going to figure out why you are different. Yeah. Um, So one thing, because I am aware of my quote-unquote competition I'm really happy actually that I don't feel that they're competition not because they're not good as well because I know that they are but it's because I know that how I got into it is actually very different it like yourself complete completely by accident was yeah. so totally unintentional so unlike many who do do podcast booking services or anything like very similar to myself they often have a background in PR and I don't and while that can make me disqualified in in many others eyes because they're like oh but if you don't have a background in PR then how can you be doing PR and what I would say to that is it's because I've actually gone out and done it myself 
and I've actually been in the trenches and I've had to ask podcasters firsthand. I've had to make my own mistakes and make my own success with it myself. So everything I teach to my clients and my students, they have been as a result of actually being in the trenches myself and learning firsthand. And now I'm supplementing my my knowledge with some courses from PR experts just so that I can kind of like have the broad perspective and the 360 um, sort of approach to it. But I lead with experience first and theory second. So I believe that that is a, one of the differentiators. <laughs> Another way is to interview your student. And as one of your students, I would say you tend to hold people's hand other podcasts like hey here is 30 video go watch those video live get in the way and before you know it, it's a whole year and you haven't watched any video but if you have one course every week followed by Q&A two days later you kind of force yourself to do it so it's not just a course it's done with you hand holding you have a, at least for the live course hey do talk and you get five, six people who give you feedback. That's not the same as being in your corner, doing it, and nobody giving you feedback. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I'm doing a live version at the time of this recording. And yeah. I'm really, really happy that you're a part of it because you um, shared with me that the whole hand-holding and the individual feedback is something that you really value um, in the program as well. So... Okay, that's another differentiator, a lot of hand-holding because I'm a very maternal person. I've, I've always known, even when I was like seven, that, uh, you know, like many of us, like we grew up with dolls, right? And like yeah. I had one, it was called Baby All Gone. <laughs> and it's when you feed the the doll with um, this uh, milk bottle. Obviously, it's not real milk. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just knew from that moment that I always wanted children. And because I don't have children, to me, whenever someone comes into my sphere, whether they're a client or a student or someone who's listening to the podcast, I just have this overwhelming instinct to look after each and every one of you. I don't know why. It's just kind of like this big mama bear persona in a way. As, you know, Kira Hug, by the way, who I'm mentioning, My Quiet Rebels, uh, she's uh, one of our mentors actually in copywriting. And she has like this bear costume that she wears. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of channeling that right now as I speak. Like very big mama bear, kind of like, looking after people so. so if i have question can i say hey mama kira <laughs> <laughs> i actually call you see how she reacts i do call her copy mama actually just like ah, okay cool rob we call him copy dad so it's like hey copy dad and copy mama <laughs> that's actually what we call them so um okay i might start calling them that <laughs> Yeah, just see how they feel um, because like, they own it. You know, they owned it at the last event that they ran in um, San Diego before all the events got uh, shut down. <laughs> but yeah, they own it. But I digress. Maybe before I forget, I just remembered another example. And well, this example is an ad. Because we're talking about copy and you could use the same copy on both sides. I wrote an ad for a client that sell language courses. And what I said, Starbucks in the US in a Hispanic area, they wanted to write exit, which is, they wrote exito. In Spanish, exito means success. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is what happened when you don't think in the language you're learning. And it got over 1,600 comments. But if you look at the comment, a lot of the comments you see on social media when people are trying to promote something is like, 
fuck off, get off of my news feed, don't spam my news feed. Mm-hmm. And people know some were disagreeing with us, but one person would write a comment and will get 60, a single comment will get 60 comments because people are debating what we're saying. It's like if I said, adult learn language better than children. And I say, why? I don't just make a claim. I defend my claim and I share the studies about that. People might disagree, but suddenly people are back and forth arguing with each other and become like a discussion forum when somebody would leave a comment about language learning and somebody would reply 11 weeks. It's like 11 weeks later, there was back and forth. But that's what happened when you back your claim. Mm. I had a client that taught about depression and her ad was like, hey, I have a webinar about depression. See you next Thursday. I told her story that her husband died from cancer and doctors are very quick to, hey, open your mouth, swallow this. The pills made her more depressed, suicidal, insomniac to the point that she nearly committed suicide. But how do I back my claim? It's like diet. People say, eat carb, don't eat carb, eat sugar, don't eat sugar, eat fat, don't eat fat. And everyone is claiming they have the best method. I'm like, well, she's a trained psychologist. And despite that, she didn't know how to treat her depression. But there is actually a study by Harvard that says people today are 400% more depressed because year after year, they've been taking 20% more depression pills. You see, it's not me making the claim. I have something to support it. Another example, country like the UK or the US, a rich country, there are more people who are depressed in the US than in Nigeria, which is a poor country. Because a lot of people in the US eat processed food, while in Nigeria they eat fresh cooked food with enough probiotics. And they tend to, it's nothing about being rich or poor or how big your house is. Sometimes it has to do with your digestive system. So if I say, according to a study, they found that in Nigeria, people are less depressed, people will believe me. But you see, I told them something they didn't know. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's like, always you want some, it's like, you want to read that post. I mean, sometimes I coach people and I show an example of long post. Like, oh, I need to make a long post. But the long post is all claims asking you, uh, what would it happen if you could afford everything? I'm like, yes, it's a long post. But after I read it, I learned nothing new I didn't know before reading it. Mm. So back to the point of educate and or entertain. Yeah. That's, that's how simple it is. <laughs> yeah. And if you get a lot of comment, angry comments <laughs> are your best friend. I've seen advertisers and businesses advertise something like real estate investment. And people say, this is a scam. And they get angry and say, oh my God, we're trying to go to help those people. And they're unthankful. They're in denial. I'm like, no, that's feedback that people are not getting it. I run out for somebody who sells software to veterinary clinic. And one of the advice, like, how do you schedule your day? Like, instead of seeing 10 patients, you could see 20. People were angry, said, oh, great. We're going to, one, be burned out, and two, the quality of the care would be worse. I didn't get angry. I said, who are those idiots you know, that are trying to help her to understand it? I rewrote the ad to explain that point. And the point was, if you're a veterinarian, 
you have nurses that could take the dog or cat temperature. You don't need to be there when you take the temperature. You don't need there when you ask a question to the patient. You don't need to be the person writing everything to the patient file. And that way, it's like a restaurant. The chef doesn't always serve the client, take the order and take the change and pay the bill. And by saying that, people understood it and the comment were becoming positive because for every person who leave a comment, either saying what you say is a scam or they didn't understand it or why is this uh, true or even a, a genuine question, there is maybe 100 person who have the same question who will just continue scrolling. Okay. So, wow, that's a lot of examples and analogy that we uh, spoke about today. And so let's just reel it back in. So for those who are listening right now, Sarah, like they want to be able to expand their reach. They do want to be able to connect with what they're saying. And up up until now, they probably didn't know how to write things. And that's an entirely new conversation of how copy works. (laughs) But if we simply um, go off the idea of providing education and or entertainment, then that is something that they can get started with. So what is like a three steps that they can take from today that can help them write more highly converting posts that can actually create rich conversation, not just a good old heart emoji (laughs) and a thumbs up or maybe a giphy, but like what can they do today in just a couple of steps that can help them to start writing those entertaining and educational posts? Forget you writing a post. Forget even the internet and computers exist. Imagine you're talking to somebody face-to-face. What do you say? Often people talk about things in social media they will never say to somebody face-to-face. So that's like number one. Number two, you want to post as much as possible that look like human of New York. I mean, everyone complained, oh my God, organic reach is down because Facebook wants me to pay more. No, it's because a lot of posts, quality are bad. And people say that and they forget that there are fan pages doing really well and they could just imitate them. Um, I give you the last example. There was a person, he took his page down, I'm not sure. He used to photograph homeless people, okay? If you just took a picture of a homeless person, it's very controversial. Some people said, oh, my God, uh, have mercy on them. Nobody should be homeless. And other people say, just get a job. They're here because they drink, they uh, take drugs, they're lazy. No, the person told the story about, hey, the girl faced sexual abuse when she was small. She ran out of her parents' house. How did she survive on the street? You could take an educated guess. To numb the pain, she was taking drug and alcohol and nobody can blame her. No one was leaving an angry comment saying, blaming the homeless or not the homeless or blaming society. People, six months later, will leave a comment saying, we haven't heard a post about that person. We're praying for her. Do you have any update? We're worried about her. You see, it's by going deep And number three is like, be concrete. Don't use abstract language as much as possible. Interview your client. Often, if somebody want me to write something and I have no idea what to write, I'm like, do you have clients I could interview? And I just interview the client. But I don't want to interview that say, oh, that person is amazing. I'm like, no. As a result of working with ads, what did you change in your life, in your business? What is the concrete step you took and what was the outcome? 
because you want somebody to read it and have, aha, I could do the same thing. Mm. And that also adds credibility because, yeah. Okay, so quickly recap those for us again. What did I say? I forgot. <laughs> number number three. Okay, I'll start backward. It's like number three, interview people you worked with who got good results and just tell their story like you talk to somebody. Number one, forget you're talking to someone on social media. Imagine you're talking to somebody face to face. You're having a coffee. What type of conversation you're having? Number three, life is not abstract. Like we said, I mean... Um, if I said Holiday Inn give you good service at $50 per night, well, Ritz-Carlton also give you good service at $500 per night. There's no difference. But saying that the chef at 3 in the morning will come to your room and serve you dinner if you're hungry and jet lagged, that tells me why $500 might be worth if you have the $500 you want to spend $500 per night. Mm, that would be like there have been many a times when I've been in a hotel and then room service is closed when I fancy a dessert at like two in the morning <laughs> so yeah I'll pay extra just for their ex- um you know just for the extra level of service and care <laughs> so <laughs> good to know all right so we covered a lot today and my lovely quiet rebels who's listening right now I know it was a lot to take in but take on the examples that Sarah gave today. She gave a lot about the Starbucks, where you don't propose to people straight off the bat, and why you want to kind of create interesting conversations that people want to listen to, why you should be speaking, like, you know, right like you talk, literally. So imagine that you're speaking to someone, and you can actually do this. There's a, there's a tool in, um, is it Google Docs? There's like this voice tool that you just turn it on, you speak, and then it writes out for you. And that way you don't have to worry so much about writing it because you just speak it out um, as if you're talking to a friend. And the second thing, because you went three, one, three. So um, the number two, post often. Like there's a reason why they reach organically, how people say, oh, there's only like one to two percent. But you said that it's because the quality of these posts is so bad. But the kinds of posts that we should be like writing. Human of New York. Yeah, like the human of New York. Yeah. So embed more stories talk like we are actually talking to humans because we are and to provide some concrete language and some examples and some statistics and study value yeah to provide the value so that's all of it in a nutshell yeah yeah i'm dyslexic so it's no wonder i did uh, three two three one two uh, in my head i was like hang on i think we missed that <laughs> okay so quite once more number one is two you know, remember that you're speaking to humans because you are. Number two, post more frequently. And, you know, when you are posting, just realize that you are, again, that you're talking to humans and, you know, you can entertain or you can educate or you can do both. And finally, number three is, you know, don't just default to abstract language, like be concrete with what you're saying. So those are the things, Sarah, yes. <laughs> in the right order. Awesome. All right. So Sarah, it's been awesome to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And based on all the examples you gave, it's so clear that you know exactly what you're doing when it comes to Facebook ads, that like you take what's working organically and you know you amplify it even further with paid advertisement. So for those who may want to learn more about you and to follow all of and actually read some of these articles that you've written, where can they go to find you? Um, Sarah with an H at the end minus sign S-A-L dot com and there there is a tab that's called blogs I wrote and there is all the case study I wrote okay brilliant and there is a link to my social media so it's yes 
Yes. So um, my lovelies, be sure to head to the link in the show notes and then you can like find all the links where you can find Sarah on her website, on Facebook to connect with her and as well as LinkedIn. So that's where they can find you. And so I've got two final questions for you, Sarah. So sure. number one, what makes you a quiet rebel? Because I only interview quiet rebels on the show. So what makes you fit the bill there? I tend to make things differently. If we look at ad copy or post, everyone used to say Facebook posts need to be short. I put that out of the window and I just tried. Does long post work? And it works. So I'm a contrarian. <laughs> contrarian. There we go. And my favorite question that I ask every single guest. So for those who have listened frequently to the Quiet Rebels podcast, or even if it's your first time, it's the first episode you're listening to, when you hear the sound, it means it's time for a fact of the day. So normally when it's a solo episode, I ask myself this question, but because you're my guest today, Sarah, like I'm going to ask you this. So what is one weird or fun fact about you that we can't really find on your website or social media? It's just something for us quiet rebels to know about you. When I lived in Hong Kong, I hiked to the tallest mountain called Victoria Peak in the middle of the night. It's nothing about being brave or good at sport. <laughs> I was meeting a friend. I think maybe it was 8, 9 p.m. And she sent me a text message. Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm late. I finished late at work. I said, don't worry. I just crossed the bridge, got to a fancy shopping mall, bought some pizza, and I was eating the pizza while waiting for her. Okay. That's a big mistake because carbs make you thirsty. And the only thing I brought with me was a pizza. I didn't bring a water bottle, no anti-mosquito spray, um, no flashlight, no map, no compass. I went like if it was going on Starbucks meeting a friend and it was the middle of the night. So when it was midnight, we're up somewhere in the mountain where it's uh, pitch dark. <laughs> Okay, lucky with me, she gave me some mosquito spray. She let me drink a little bit, but she, of course she needed herself also to drink. And when I left the mountain, maybe it was like four in the morning, it was like six hour hike. There was, a, luckily, 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 in uh, Hong Kong, there was a supermarket open 24 mm seven. -hmm. I bought a liter and a half orange juice that I drank in like two minutes. <laughs> so this is my approach to life that I just do things carefree. I figure it along the way as opposed to, hey, I'm hiking for the first time the tallest mountain for six hours. What should I do? Yeah, that's I have no idea. <laughs> I'll, ask, I'll ask myself the question when I'm in deep shit and I'll figure it out. Oh, I love it. So you just, face, you just throw yourself in the deep end and you just figure out how to swim. <laughs> basically so yeah yeah so when people ask me hey what is your goal for 2020 or what are you going to do next week i have no idea what i'm doing tomorrow morning <laughs> let alone what i'm doing for the whole year mm. yeah no i'm like that when it comes to goals it's like if someone asks me what's your goal for the next three to five years i'll say i don't know and i do i am concerned i'm like oh maybe maybe they just think i'm so like unambitious but it's because I change so quickly what my direction is and it's because I just run with things as they come. So I think that's something that we have in common, but wow, 
I think you're just completely the next level going, <laughs> going up the mountain in the middle of the night and not having a preparation plan. I think I would have freaked out a little bit, but no, not you. <laughs> so Sarah, thank you so much for sharing with us. And thank you for coming on to the show today to kind of share with us the easy things that we can do to, you know, create more effective posts on Facebook. And I'm sure that some of those things as well also relate to other social media platforms aside from Facebook as well, right? Yes, correct. I mean, LinkedIn is the same. I mean, yeah. if yeah. it works on Facebook, it works on LinkedIn or it lo- on an email. If you have an email full of claim, it's not going to work as well if you have an email that educate. Mm. Well, there we go. All right. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on to the podcast. <sighs> wow. That was a lot to digest, right? I mean, there are so many different ways that we can take on board Sarah's advice into our own content strategy and to our own businesses as well. So I really hope that you were able to take at least one nugget of wisdom away of how you can really apply these principles that Sarah shared in this episode today to your own content. There's a reason why certain content resonates and when it doesn't, right? And you really don't want to miss the mark in how you are trying to connect with your people. So while we kind of like spoke about this in the context of Facebook content, I really want you to see what you can take away and apply to different platforms because different platforms will operate in slightly different ways, but the human mind works in the same way, no matter which platform you're on. So I want you to take and apply to Facebook and to see what can work on Instagram or LinkedIn or Pinterest, another platform that you may use. Okay. Okay. Right. So my lovely, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already, because next week we're actually going to be bringing on an expert to talk with us about the essentials to a solid contract. So if you are a service provider, and even if you're a course creator as well, listening into this conversation is going to be so, so relevant and valuable for you because I'm not sure about you, but before I actually started, you know, having contracts when I um, signed on new clients, if I didn't have the contract, then I didn't feel quite legit. And that actually really affected the way that I showed up online. And so be sure to tune into this conversation because my guest walks us through the essentials of a solid contract. So to be sure that you catch that, be sure to hit subscribe if you haven't done so already for this podcast. And I hope to see you the same place, same time next week for another episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast. Until then, I wish you all the best and please do take care. Bye for now.